come and you will see. There was a young lady who graduated from NAU a few years ago, and she um, had been, she wanted to be a nurse and worked really hard and was a nurse at FMC all throughout COVID. She had been dating her boyfriend for a number of years, and they came to me and they said, we want to get married. And they had decided a few years earlier to live together. And so as I listened to them and asked them questions, I was first curious that they actually came to the church. They, they sought out the priest. They wanted a Catholic wedding, which I thought was awesome. So I invited them to start going back to mass. And then later I encouraged them to start praying individually and then together. And, and they did that. He was telling me one story. He, he was out hunting and he's out there all alone. And so he said, so I just started talking to God. And I was like, yeah, what was that like? He's like, it was really peaceful. And I knew that God was with me out there. And so they were going to get married in August, but then with COVID, things kind of shut down. And, and so they said, but we still want to get married in the church. And so they, they continue this walk. About this time, they decided to live as brother and sister as they were living together. And yesterday, they were married sacramentally in the church and were so happy that they trusted in God. And they didn't just trust, but they took action after action to follow the Lord. And what they encountered, what they saw, was a path that was better and happier. What God wants from us is that happiness, but he doesn't do it for us. What he invites us to do is to come, to to act, to respond to his invitation. In 1 Samuel today, there's this guy Samuel, and he's sleeping. And interestingly, he's actually sleeping in the temple, so he's already, he's put himself out there in a place where God can speak to him. And so God does speak to him, but he doesn't, he's not used to God speaking and Like any of us, if we heard voices, we'd wonder about that. But so he thinks it's his friend, the other, the priest, Eli. And so he goes, Eli, did you call me? He goes, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And so two more times this happened. The Lord is calling him. And so he goes to Eli. Finally, Eli gets it. Eli is a little slow. And he says, okay, that must be the Lord calling you. So next time he calls, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel listens, responds, and continues to grow. That, that what happens there is he acts. He, he hears it. He, he feels a prompting and he acts. And God is able to speak to him through that. And, and that's really how it works is we, if we waited until we saw everything perfectly and then acted, we would never act. But notice what Jesus says to the disciples. He says, come and you will see. He doesn't say, hey, when you see and you have it all figured out, then come. Or sometimes we feel like it, you know, I need to figure it out for myself. I need to stop sinning. And when when I'm perfect, then I'll follow the Lord. It's like, no, it's the opposite. It's come, follow me. And I, in my perfect love, will make you perfect. And so, by another analogy, it's like a, 
God can't move a parked car. You know, it's up to us to step on the gas. But once we're moving, even if we're moving in the wrong direction, it's much easier for God to turn us where he wants us to go. And sometimes, even if we're acting in the wrong way, sometimes we see that. Sometimes we need to do that. And it gets our attention. Like in the story of the prodigal son, the son acted, but then he saw that it wasn't good. And he was able to act again and, and move back to the father. Does that make sense? So the Lord wants us to act. Why did, why did he call these disciples? Because they were willing to act. Even Peter, he acted a little too much and put his foot in his mouth sometimes. But the Lord's like, I can work with that. What I can't work with is apathy. What I can't work with is a couch potato that just sits there. That he, so, so what does he do? He, he calls us. Today, he invites the disciples to come and follow him, and they respond. And even the way the story plays out, there's these two disciples who have chosen to follow John. So they're following John, and then John sees Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God. And so the two disciples are like, Okay, now we follow him. So they start following Jesus. And, and, and uh, Andrew is so moved that he's like, I got to go get my brother. So he goes and he gets his brother. And, and all those actions do something. What, what if Andrew never went to go get Simon Peter? But this, this action that God, God works through. And so you think about it. Sometimes people say, if someone says, I want a, a better relationship with God. The next question is, okay, well, what are we doing about that? What's great is there's, there's tons of options. You know, we can go to the chapel, we can pick up a Bible, we can go to Bible study, we can go to daily mass, we can pick up a rosary. And I promise you that if we start doing those things, the Lord will show up and it will change our lives. There's a beautiful detail in this story. It says that the two disciples went and stayed with Jesus. And then it says, it was about four in the afternoon. I was like, what, they had like a quartz watch or something? Like, how? But that detail is so, when you read the Gospel of Mark, whenever there's details, you, you notice that they're first-hand details. Somebody was there and recorded it. But, but it was so powerful a moment that for the rest of their lives, they remembered that was the moment their life changed. The moment they chose to leave that place of comfort and complacency and to follow the Lord, that the Lord showed up and did something. Now, I don't know that we're always going to have those moments. I don't know that we're always going to see what the Lord's doing, but I do know that he's calling us to follow him. Sometimes he lets us see. I want to, I want to give you a little example. Just the, the Lord spoke in a loud way this week to me. He doesn't always do this. And I, I want to give you an example of what this, well, what it's like in my life, and maybe that's helpful for you. So, because sometimes, sometimes I question, am I really doing God's will? Because it doesn't feel like everything's working out. And so I wonder that. I, I imagine you wonder that too. And so Thursday night, we had an event here at the Newman Center. I went back to the rectory, and I didn't have dinner. And I'm like, I'm hungry. I'm, I want to eat something. So 
looking through the cupboard, but Mother Hubbard, the cupboard was bare. And so I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, ah. Oh. So I was eating some crackers or something. And then all of a sudden, the door opens, and Father Dan comes in. He had had dinner at a family's house, and he goes, oh, I have leftovers. And I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. The next morning, I wake up. It's like a series of events. The next morning, I wake up, and Mass was at 8.15. I'm saying Mass on Fridays for Father Dan right now and um, his day off. And, but we had already scheduled this presentation about the new building at 8 a.m., and I was, like, so torn. I'm like, no one says Mass like a priest, but I'm supposed to do this presentation, too. And so I'm feeling conflicted, but I was like, I need to say Mass. Well, it comes time for the call, and there's, you know, other people had been on lots of, lots of people on the other calls, but there was, like, one person, and he couldn't really connect, and we knew who he was, and the team said, Father, we got it. Go say Mass. And it was, it was like the Lord just said, you, you, you do what's on your heart, and I'm going to take care of everything else. I come back to the Newman Center, and uh, working on some stuff. I'm like, oh, I got some time here. All of a sudden, the phone rings, and they say, there's a family at the cemetery, and they want a priest to come do the burial and the committal, but they actually never called. And so, but they're calling now, and there are 30 family members from California at the graveside. And I sat there, and I was like, I, I'm not doing anything right now. And when do I have nothing to do? You can ask my staff. Like, when, when am I sitting around bored looking for something to do? But I was totally available. And so I go to the, in six minutes, I'm at the cemetery, blessing, doing the thing, and the family's all happy. And I come back, and I was like, oh, because I was at the cemetery, I missed my team check-in, so we'll have to do it after Mass. And so we're sitting there in the team check-in after Mass, and I remembered at Mass, there was a young man at Mass who lost a family member recently, and I said, I want to ask him after Mass how he's doing and see if he wants to grab lunch. And then I realized I forgot because I was at the team check-in. And I was like, oh. So I walk out of the team check-in. It's about 15 minutes after Mass. I was like, gosh, I wonder if I can call him. And, and he's standing right by the front door. He, he hadn't left. He wasn't standing out talking to people. He wasn't praying in the chapel. He was just standing there. And I was like, hi, would you like to have lunch? He's like, yeah, that'd be great. I was like, Lord. I don't know if you've all, the, the details don't matter there, but the point is, the God was able to, he, he gave me the grace to be able to see that he's working. That, that, that when we seek to follow the Lord, he shows up. He's the one who moves us. He's the one who's going to uh, just bless us. And we can trust that. That, that we don't always see what's going to happen. It's not about that. That's not up to me. What's up to me is, will I come and follow him? I, I was tuning in last night to watch a little bit. There's a movie on called A Hidden Life. It came out a year ago or so. It's about a man named Franz Jägerstadter. And he, he was an Austral, uh, Austrian man at the time that the Nazis invaded. And... Everyone in his town signed the decree that says, yes, we recognize the Nazis. But he, in his heart, said, I, I've seen what they've done. I can't, I can't do that. I feel like the Lord is calling me to listen to him and not put my name down. Well, then the whole town turned against him. They ostracized him and his family. 
Because I said, you're, you're making all of our lives more difficult. And he's like, Lord, what are you doing? Lord, I'm trying to listen to you. I'm trying to follow you. But it feels like my life is hard. Eventually, the, the, the Nazis enlisted all the young men. And so they called him in. And he, he was a conscientious objector. He's like, I'm not going to fight. Put, put me in the medic division. I'll help heal people. But I'm not going to fight. He's, like, he's listening to the Lord. Like, I don't, I don't care what you do to me, but I have to listen to the voice that's calling me. Well, as you might imagine, he was thrown in prison. And in 1943, he was executed. And in 2007, Pope Benedict beatified him. That this man who listened to the voice of the Lord calling him, knowing that when he calls us, it, it's not always easy. It's actually usually more difficult, but it's better. And that now this man who so courageously followed the Lord is fulfilling the Beatitudes, that the pure of heart will see God. And that you and I, we, the Lord promises us that if we follow him, he does not promise us an easy life, but we will see the face of God.